this planet is not our ultimate home. We're here temporarily. We have our eyes on our true home in heaven one day, but in the meantime, we're learning to live life in exile. Throughout the book of Daniel, we've highlighted a higher resolution to draw out of each chapter as we're challenged to live a higher resolution life, a life in line with God's will. And so from chapter 1, the resolution was, I will not defile myself. I will live my life to the glory of God. I will not defile myself in the ways of this world. From chapter 2, the resolution was, I will be faithful even to the faithless, as Daniel was faithful in his time. And chapter 3 was, I will be faithful to the bitter end, as we saw Daniel's three friends thrown into a fiery furnace, the bitter end, and yet God preserved them, and they trusted in God. He brought them through. In chapter 4, it was, I will prize humility above all else, as King Nebuchadnezzar learned the lesson about true humility. In chapter 5, it was, I will learn the lessons life teaches me as that King uh, Belshazzar saw the handwriting on the wall. And unfortunately, he didn't learn the lessons life was teaching, and his kingdom came to a quick end. And then last week, it was, I will trust that God will vindicate me, as we heard the story of Daniel in the lion's den. Well, today's higher resolution, based on chapters 7 through 12, is this. I will look forward with persevering hope. I will look forward with persevering hope. We're going to come back to that in a little bit later on. You know, as we looked at Daniel chapters 1 through 6, we recognized that those chapters were about Daniel's public life and ministry in Babylon. We, we heard a number of different stories, didn't we, about Daniel, how he and his friends uh, served under several different kings, the kings of Babylon and later the kings of Medo-Persia. We heard a number of different stories like how Daniel interpreted King Nebuchadnezzar's rather strange dream of that grand statue. We learned the story of the fiery furnace the story of the handwriting on the wall, and, of course, the story of Daniel in the lion's den. So those were uh, uh, stories of Daniel's public life and ministry in Babylon. But now in chapters 7 through 12, the content is a bit different. Chapters 7 through 12 convey Daniel's private visions from God about the future. Now, some of those visions came during the time of the events that were uh, described for us in chapters 1 through 6. Some of them, though, came a bit later than those events. You might say where the story ends with chapters 1 through 6, the backstory begins with the rest of the book. Or another way to say it is, six chapters of newspaper headlines now meet the stuff of Daniel's late-night visions. And nevertheless, the message in the second half of the book is still the same. The heavenly court is assembled, 
the book is opened, and God, the Ancient of Days, sits in victorious judgment over the kingdoms of the earth. In other words, God reigns as ruler over all. And his plans regarding his eternal kingdom are being accomplished. We've talked before about prophecy, that there are two different aspects to biblical prophecy. One of, one of them is foretelling, and the other is foretelling. Foretelling has to do with declaring God's message to the people, much like preaching, proclaiming, declaring, telling forth what God has to say to his people. That's a part of prophecy, part of the work of the prophets. But the second part is foretelling. That is, telling the events that are going to come in the future. And when it comes to foretelling or telling of future events, some prophecy speaks of events that are in the very near future. Some of it uh, concerns events that are further out in time. And some foretelling has to do with the very last things, the end times, if you will, the final fulfillment of God's big plan, the day when Jesus Christ returns in power and glory as judge and king over all. Some prophecy looks that far out into the future. Here's an illustration for you. Consider this mountain range in the Blue Mountains, by the way. You look at those mountain ranges, and on, on the screen, it looks like kind of a flat image. Obviously, those are mountain ranges extending off into the distance. And this is where you could use the binoculars, right, to look way off into the distance to see what is on the peak of that furthest mountain range. But what you can't really tell is how much space there is in between each range. It all looks the same distance in a sense. We can't tell how really far away that last range is. That's something of an illustration of what prophecy is like. At times, prophets will speak of something that is about to happen in the very near future. Then, almost in the same breath, that prophet will speak about things that will happen further down the road in history. And almost in the same breath, that prophet will speak about things that happen on the very last day, judgment day. Jesus did that in his great lecture on end times. At one minute, he's speaking about what's going to happen to Jerusalem and, and what did happen later at 70 A.D. when the Romans destroyed the city and destroyed Herod's temple. And in the next moment, Jesus is speaking about the very last day, what we heard in Matthew 25, the sheep and the goats. In other words, there's this telescopic nature to prophecy, biblical prophecy. And we see this in Daniel 7 through 12. Now, we're, we're only looking at select verses here. Select verses of Daniel's prophecy. And some of what he pro prophesies is about the very near future, and some of it is further out. 
So again, we start with chapter 7, verse 1. It says, earlier during the first year of King Belshazzar's reign, okay, who was that again? King Belshazzar was in Daniel chapter 5. That's the one who saw the handwriting on the wall, who didn't learn the lessons that life was teaching, and whose kingdom came to a quick end. And then a new ruler arose, Darius. So during the first year of that guy's reign in Babylon, Daniel had a dream and saw visions as he lay in his bed. He wrote down the dream, and this is what he saw. In my vision that night, I, Daniel, saw a great storm churning the surface of a great sea with strong winds blowing from every direction. Then four huge beasts came up out of the water, each different from the others. All right, let's pause there a second. Four huge beasts. Sounds kind of creepy. We need to understand that the book of Daniel falls within a category of literature known as apocalyptic literature. Apocalyptic literature uses graphic imagery to symbolize truths that God wants to communicate to his people. The book of Revelation in the New Testament is also in this category of apocalyptic literature. It uses a symbolic picture language to communicate biblical truth. So here in this part of this apocalyptic vision that uh, Daniel receives, he sees four beasts rising up out of the ocean. They stand for something. You see, these four beasts represent four earthly kingdoms or empires that will arise one after the other. And those four kingdoms are, first of all, the Babylonian Empire that Daniel was experiencing, followed by the Medo-Persian Empire. After that was the Greek Empire with Alexander the Great conquering the known world at the time. And after the Greek Empire was the Roman Empire, the empire that was in place at the time that Jesus was born. So he sees this vision of these four beasts arising that represent these four consecutive kingdoms. And then Daniel's vision shifts to the final kingdom to come, the kingdom of God, where God rules all things and in which God's people rule as well. We pick up now with verse 13 of chapter 7 where he says, As my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man, does that sound familiar? Someone like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient one and was led into his presence. He was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal, it will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. I, Daniel, was troubled by all I had seen, and my visions terrified me. So I approached one of those standing beside the throne and asked him what it all meant. He explained it to me like this. These four huge beasts represent four kingdoms that will arise from the earth. But in the end, the holy people of the Most High will be given the kingdom 
and they will rule forever and ever. We'll pause there. Again, in these final six chapters of Daniel, we see this telescopic nature of prophecy, like that image of the mountain ranges. If we can show that uh, again here. This telescopic nature of prophecy is, is what we're experiencing here as Daniel writes and talks. And now as chapter 7 fades to chapters 8 and 9 and ultimately to chapter 12, the horizon lengthens. And by the time we get to the end of the book, no longer is Daniel given visions of earthly kingdoms under God's heavenly rule. No, by the end of chapter 12, we have the apocalyptic vision of the final kingdom, the one that all hearts ultimately yearn for. But now let's back up for a moment to chapter 10. In chapter 10, Daniel is given another vision in which he sees the hardship that will come upon God's people near the end of time. And Daniel is troubled by what he saw, but he is given some words of comfort by a man in this vision. So let, let's read a portion of chapter 10. Starting at the first verse, it says, In the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, this is a new king, hasn't been mentioned before. In the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, had another vision. He understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future, times of war and great hardship. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River, I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. Then I heard the man speak, and when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. Just then, a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling, to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God, so listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up still trembling. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. Then the one who looked like a man touched me again, and I felt my strength returning. Don't be afraid, he said, for you are very precious to God. Peace. Be encouraged. Be strong. 
Daniel has this vision of the future, and he becomes fearful. Maybe he's considering what's going on around him and contemplating what is coming upon the world, and, and he becomes rather fearful. You know, sometimes as we live out our life in exile here today on earth, we can become fearful as well as we wonder about the future. Maybe we become fearful as we see the political maneuverings of world leaders and the nations of today and the strife and terrorism and things like that. Or maybe we become fearful as we consider what exactly may be coming in the future, the future that we don't know of exactly. We may even be fearful about the end times as we wonder what that will be like. Or maybe fearful over our own personal sins and, and many failures. But in our times of fear, we need to hear the words that Daniel was given and take them as our own too. The words spoken to him were these, don't be afraid, for you are very precious to God. Peace, be encouraged, be strong. And friends, we can be at peace today because in the end, God removes all of our fears. I mean, think about what God has done for us. God removed our fear of punishment for our sins by punishing his own innocent son in our place. By Jesus' sacrificial death for us on the cross, all of our sin is paid for, all of it, full and complete. And through your faith in Jesus as your Savior, you are forgiven. Do you believe that? He died for you. Trusting in Him, you no longer need to be afraid. God also removed our fear of death when He raised Jesus from the dead, proving thereby and guaranteeing that we too shall rise from the dead on that last day that Daniel spoke of. And through faith in Jesus, we shall live forever with our Savior in the glorious realms of His eternal kingdom. I think it's interesting how the book of Daniel ends. In the very last verse of the book of Daniel, God gives that same resurrection assurance to Daniel. Listen to the last verse of the book. Chapter 12, verse 13. As for you, go your way until the end. You will rest, that is, you will die, Daniel, and then at the end of the days, you will rise again to receive the inheritance set aside for you. Daniel was promised resurrection, and a place in the final kingdom, the kingdom that lasts forever, the kingdom that will never be brought to an end. 
in Jesus' famous lecture on the end times that we heard in that gospel lesson for today, he speaks about that final kingdom. Listen again to his words concerning the last day because these are words for all who trust in Jesus as their Savior. He said, when the Son of Man, and there's that phrase that we heard Daniel say, the Son of Man, who is also the Son of God, Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Friends, that is our hope as followers of Jesus, a place in God's forever kingdom. It's guaranteed to all who trust in him. And really, this is what the entire book of Daniel has been leading up to, the final kingdom that surpasses all other kingdoms, the kingdom of the one who rules and reigns over all. So I want to close with a series of questions. Is that kingdom, that final kingdom, the one to which you are aspiring? Is that the kingdom for which you are living your life? Have you settled for a merely earthly existence? Or are you living each day with an eye toward that eternal kingdom of God that is yours in Christ? You know, just as Daniel lived as an exile in Babylon, you and I are exiles in this world today. And let's face it, life in exile is not easy. It involves fiery furnaces and hungry lions, hostile opposition, and cultural pressures to do the wrong thing. It involves persecution, ridicule, and hardship, all on account of our Christian faith. But if we have learned anything from the book of Daniel, it is this, that we have every reason to have hope. For in the end, God wins. And because God wins, guess what? So do we, as we trust in Him alone. Our calling, therefore, is to live the higher resolution life. And we close our study of Daniel with this final higher resolution. I will look forward with persevering hope. I will look forward with persevering hope. I will look forward with persevering hope because of what God has done for me. Next week, as you know, is Reformation Sunday. Martin Luther's famous Reformation hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, 
closes with these hope-filled words for exiles like us. Listen to these words. Though life be wrenched away, they cannot win the day. The kingdom's ours forever. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, who has given you the kingdom that lasts forever. Amen.